Hi, and welcome back to the Savvy Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and every week I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Back to school doesn't just mean the first day. Instead, it's a weeks-long process of settling in for students of all ages, from preschool to grad school, not to mention their parents. So this week, we have a true expert to help us through the shaky transition of the next few weeks. Cheryl Butler is the host of QDT's Mighty Mommy podcast, a parenting columnist, and most importantly, mom to eight, count them, eight kids. So she's got some mighty street cred and some invaluable experience. And this week, she's gracious enough to share it with us. So Mighty Mommy, a.k.a. Cheryl Butler, thank you so much for being on the show this week. Ellen, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to share some tips with your listeners. Fantastic. So, well, let's get right into it. So around 15% of Americans move in any given year. So that's a lot of kids showing up as, quote, the new kid. So for us, after a cross-country move this summer, my kids are actually in this boat. So how can I help ease their transitions to their new schools? both in the first few days and as the weeks go by. Ellen, this situation can cause angst for both kids and their parents, no doubt, especially after a move like that. Whether it's across the country, like your family, or even just across town, kids will now need to adjust to a new location, including the school building and the environment, new teachers, a different curriculum, and of course, new friends. For starters, if possible, Try to visit the school and your child's classroom during a non-school time so you can both become a bit familiar with the new building, the atmosphere, the rules, etc. If your child can meet with his new teacher before school starts, it would provide an opportunity for the teacher to spend a little time welcoming him to his new school and gushing about things like all the great qualities the school offers, such as the big playground for recess or the new computers in each classroom. A little bit of quality time in the school can alleviate your child's anxiety, but if you haven't had the chance to do this and school has already started, go ahead and call the school now and see if you can make arrangements to take your child back some afternoon to do these things. This still will offer the opportunity for some quiet time that your child can spend getting familiar with his new surroundings without the pressure of all the kids and the hustle and bustle of the school day. And most teachers do stay after school for a period of time. So this is another time to connect on a more personal level. Maybe your child can bring in some personal items to share with his new classmates that will showcase interest from his former school. Another way to help your kids transition is to keep your home routines going strong. Routines at home can anchor them when their outside world is a bit topsy-turvy, and this gives them that comfort and stability. Lastly, if at all possible, get involved with the school as a parent. And I know this is not always easy to do, especially for us working parents, but if you're even able to volunteer just a little bit of time in the classroom, you'll get to know the teacher and your child's classmates firsthand. This also offers opportunities to network with other parents, and it's a great way to meet other kids, too. This is great, Cheryl. I'm taking notes. So um, as for the kids who are just simply transitioning upper grade in the same school, now that school has started, some kids have settled in seamlessly, while others are reluctant. 
So how can parents calm kids who say each morning, I don't want to go to school? This scenario is actually more common than many people think. Many times, it's just our kids' way of trying to either get attention or they're simply trying to say out loud that, you know, hey, I'd rather be at home hanging out with my friends or doing things that I enjoy, like playing on my iPad. The reasons for school refusal can vary, yet it really also tends to be about avoiding something unpleasant. I've always found that the best place to start is by giving your child the chance to explain why she doesn't want to go to school. It may be that she just needs to vent a little or uncover some underlying cause, such as having a teacher that she's not crazy about. Or maybe she's being picked on by another kid in her class. If you can uncover the reason, then you have something to work with. But don't cajole and plead with her to please get ready. That will only prolong the behavior, and she'll know that she has a captive audience. If it's just a case of truly not liking to do schoolwork, or she's just looking for ways to get attention, shower her with lots of love and attention. But let her know that school attendance is not going to be a subject for discussion, and you'll be happy to build a fun and solid morning routine. Let her get involved, you know, by picking out a cereal or a breakfast food that she'd like to have each morning, and then sit down and eat together. And I can't say that enough. I I know I have eight kids, and that's one of the times you can connect quickly, even if it's for five or ten minutes. Sit together, and then you have this time that you can get the day off to a positive start. In addition, you could also give her something to look forward to, such as a movie night with you or having her friends over. Actually schedule these outings on your family calendar and then post it so that your kids can be excited about the school year. And lastly, in our family, I offer up two days off during the school year. Yep, two days. Even kids need mental health days to unwind. Last year, towards the spring, I took one of those days off from work myself, and the kids and I went to an indoor water park for the day. You know what? They're still talking about it. That sounds really awesome. So speaking of transition, so sometimes school transition is hard on parents too. So in particular, starting kindergarten or starting middle school, starting high school, or especially going away to college are big moments in the parent's life. So what are your tips for the worries that come with those milestones? No, I love this one, Ellen. You know, I often really do think it's harder for us parents when our kids reach these milestones. When my youngest child entered kindergarten, my oldest child entered college. It was the first time in 18 years, 18 years, that I had no one but the dogs in the house for six hours a day. Whenever one of my kids reaches a milestone that might be bittersweet, I've really always found it helpful to just let myself get into that moment, and I remain tuned into those feelings regardless of whether they might be a little bit sad. That year that my last of the eight children went to all-day kindergarten and my daughter left for college, I sat in our family room for the first 30 minutes after that bus rolled out of the neighborhood, and honestly, I did nothing but look around the room. Everything I looked at brought a memory of something I had done with one of my kids when they were younger, like reading them a book or building Lego towers or cleaning up their crushed cookies or even their vomit. Then I grabbed their baby books and their family scrapbooks and I sat and relived these younger years. I laughed, I cried, and I actually started talking out loud to myself, more or less giving myself a verbal pep talk that although things would never be the same as when they were toddlers and they were with me all the time, how terrific it was for them to get to see the world in a whole new way now. 
I think affirming how far we've come at any stage in our parenting is important. Hey, we don't often hear that we're doing a good job. So why not give yourself a little pat on the back every now and again, especially when you and your child reach a big milestone such as these? It's also nice to connect with other parents that are going through the exact same phases. This year, my fourth child is leaving for college. And although I'm really excited for him, I know the drive home is going to be quiet and full of reflection. Luckily, I have a group of great friends who have sent kids off to college this year as well. So in a few weeks, we've already got an arranged date where we're going to meet up together and share dorm decorating stories and homesickness issues, all while counting the days until we'll see our kids again. It definitely helps to have support from others who are experiencing similar milestones. And through the years, I have found that, honestly, 90% or plus of my worries about my kids, they never come to fruition. So using this newfound time that when your child is in school, whether it's into kindergarten or off to college, do something that you've never had the time to do. Even if it's picking up a magazine or a book and reading, getting out in your garden or starting a new hobby, even redecorating a room in your house. Now you can also build a new relationship with your child at this new stage in their life, in your life. Such as if you do have a kindergartner that's off for all day kindergarten, plan something to do special, like head to the park, just the two of you on a little date someday after school. And for your college kids, get to, you know, get together with other friends or sit down yourself and plan on sending those all important care packages so that they have something to look forward to when you're not in their picture at the moment until maybe they get home for the holidays. You know what I say, Ellen? You got to live in the moment during these times, and it makes you appreciate your family all the more. And the other thing that I have done, honestly, for the last 22 years of being a mother, is I've kept a gratitude journal ever since I became a mom. And not only does it help keep me grounded and grateful to be a mother, especially on those days where maybe we're not feeling like, you know, we had such a great day as being a parent. But you know what? I skim back through these books and it's fun to look back through the ages and stages of my kids and see what I'm appreciative of now and what I was all those years ago. Those are true words of wisdom, Cheryl. Hard won through eight kids. So good for you. We, uh, we all aspire to, 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 to your wisdom and experience. So thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom with us. Oh, it was a pleasure. I love, I love talking kids with, uh, with other parents. It's one of my favorite little passions. So I hope everybody has a great back to school year. Well, thanks so much, Cheryl. We really appreciate it. You can connect with Cheryl by checking out her Mighty Mommy podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the QDT website, and you can keep in touch on Facebook, Twitter, or Pinterest. If the Savvy Psychologist makes your life happier or healthier, let me know by liking on Facebook, subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, or subscribing to the bi-weekly newsletter at quickanddirtytips.com newsletters. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson. A transcript of this and every other episode is always available on quickanddirtytips.com slash savvy hyphen psychologist. Next week, by listener request, we'll cover how to deal with sarcasm. And of course, the Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week for a happier, healthier mind. 
Are you tired of the constant battle with anxiety and panic? I've got a podcast that I think you'll love. It's called The Anxiety Coaches Podcast, where the host, Gina, gives you your weekly dose of tranquility and inspiration. Two new episodes drop weekly, packed with practical tips and lifestyle changes to help you calm that racing heart and bring peace back into your life. So if you're ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and constant worry, tune into the Anxiety Coaches podcast and embark on a journey towards lasting calmness and a life free from anxiety's grip. Remember, it's not just a podcast, it's a lifeline. Join Gina on the Anxiety Coaches podcast and let her soothing words be the balm your nervous system needs. Listen in and start your path to healing today. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast.com because healing begins the first time you listen.